0: Do you want to be a leader who gets noticed, gets things done, and gets real results? Then you need influence and authority. Join host Jennifer McClure to
1: learn how to build authority, expand your influence, and increase your impact. This is the Impact Makers Podcast with Jennifer McClure. Hey there, Impact Makers. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Impact Makers Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer McClure, and today... I'm bringing you another BFF chat between myself and my best friend, Laurie Rudiman. We did one of these episodes back on episode 36, where we talked about Laurie's book writing process for publishing her best-selling book, Betting on You, How to Put Yourself First, and Finally Take Control of Your Career, as well as our goals for 2020. And boy, were we in for a surprise. This week, I asked Laurie to join me to chat about how we're using generative AI tools as content creators and just as humans in general, and what's working or not working for us as we try to make peace with our future overlords. As usual with Laurie, it's a fun and insightful conversation, and I think you'll find it interesting how we're both using AI tools in our content creation processes, including how we use them to save time and add value to our work. Well, Welcome, Laurie Rudiman, back to the Impact Makers podcast. We're here today for a BFF chat, which we've done a couple of uh, modeling off of the Tim Ferriss, Kevin Rose, although they typically bring alcohol. But what do we do? We do 830 in the morning. So that's not the same, Laurie. And this is your fault.
0: Uh, I'm really sorry. I just need to go get my eyebrows done. So let, priorities here. If we're having a BFF chat, we got to be honest about it. Um, my eyebrows are looking a little shabby. So we're going to go take care of that today. So thanks for accommodating all of my beauty needs.
1: The things I do for you. But I thought it would be great if we got together because I know you and I have texted or Chatted a little bit about how we're using some of the AI tools in our thought leadership journey and content creation journey. You're much better at it than I am. I've sent you a couple of podcasts to listen to, but I thought it'd be interesting to get together because I'm finding some of the AI tools, the chat GPT, the Bards to be very helpful to me, although sometimes very frustrating. You influenced me. I'm paying. I'm a paying customer now. I'm not sure that I know what I'm paying for or what I'm getting, but I want to hear more from you about how you're using these tools. I think people would find it interesting because I've learned a lot from you. And then maybe I'll share some about how I'm using it, but let's just kick it off. How are you using AI or are you using AI in your content and thought leadership journey? Oh my God,
0: Jennifer, nobody wants to hear this. They want to hear us talk about animals. Come on. What are you doing to me? All we'll right.
1: schedule another podcast for that.
0: <laughs> okay. I mean, I love talking about your horses. You like hearing my spicy stories, but if we have to talk about AI, I do, I do want to say, I think there are two types of users specifically for like chat GPT and Bard. The first are creators. And creators are people who want to use these systems, these platforms to make content. And they remind me of people who do a lot of work to avoid the work. (laughs) So, you know, they want to get on ChatGPT and they want to write a blog post and they want to write a chapter of the book or they want to write emails and they want ChatGPT or Bard to be smart enough out the gate to do this, to automate the process because they've got other stuff to do. And frankly, I am like this a lot, like I'm lazy, right? And so if I can figure out how to use technology to help me avoid work, I'm down with that. And then there are other people who are more like editors, they use BARD and ChatGPT to refine the work that they've done. And I I fall into this category as well. So maybe I'm like, you know, fluid on this uh, platform here. But these are individuals who are like, I've got a really good idea. I've written this email, help me fix it, help me make it And so, you know, I say there are two types of people, but I dabble in both. I wonder, who are you?
1: I'm solidly in the second camp. I have never gone to an AI platform and said, start from scratch and do this. I Maybe, well... I might have once I asked you to write a session description for I was already doing a keynote at a conference and they wanted me to do an interactive session in the afternoon. And so they kept asking me for the title of the session and they kept asking me for the session descriptions, which are my Achilles heel, both of those two things. I can talk about the topic all day long and I have things I want to say, but if you want me to write that in 250 words or less then I get a mental block. So I did go to ChatGPT and said, what are the top issues that leaders need to know about the future of work? And it spit back a, you know, 400 word tome that included all the things that I would have talked about, but now they were in words. So I was able to take that and make it my own. So I think that's the only kind of like start from scratch I've done. But I'm 100% using it a lot for the editorial, my basically my copywriter, my proofreader, etc. So it's interesting that you said there's, I think there are two people. And, I, you know, even on this podcast, I think the last few guests I've had, AI's come up in some format. And it's been interesting to see how people both view it and how they're using it. And then I was having a conversation. I'm usually the proponent of it. Yeah, you should try it. do this. I said I didn't do it for a couple of months and I kept hearing you talk about it. So I'm like, I'll try this thing. But I found myself last week kind of like judging somebody for how they were telling me they were using. I'm like, oh, that's not, that's not right. Wait, (laughs) wait, how are they using it? Well, they're writing a book proposal. So that includes a first chapter. And so the person was saying, you know, I find writing really hard, you know, and my Uh, agent wants this proposal chapter to be uh, you know so many thousands of words long and so I sat down and I wrote out what I wanted to say and it was like 700 words and so I went to chat GPT and I guess it wasn't like I sort of judged him he said I went to chat GPT and I put in what I'd written and I said help me expand this to 3500 words and he said it came back and gave me things that I had not talked about. So I was sort of judging when he first said it that I go like, "Wait, what? You're going to have it write your book?" But I guess in a sense, he was doing the same thing I'm doing, helping to expand and generate creativity around the idea. So
0: that's it, really that's really fascinating. And I wonder what publishers feel about authors, potential authors, doing that. You know, I'm currently in the midst of writing a book proposal and writing my sample chapter for. My book, Corporate Drinker, and there are times when I get stuck on a paragraph, and I will take that paragraph to ChatGPT and say, "Can you edit this, or can you refine this?" Or I ask the question, "What am I missing?" A lot, and that's very helpful for me. But I don't take that verbatim and use it. What I do is then take that, import it back into Grammarly or Word, where, or you know, Google Doc, wherever I'm writing, and then try to play with it to see if it helps or it doesn't help. And a lot of times. You do ask ChatGPT for input, for insights, for edits, and what you get back is garbage. And I think that's because a lot of the way that ChatGPT has been trained has been by looking at non-native English speaking pieces of content. So oftentimes they're looking at like Ukrainian writers who have their work translated into English or Russian and you get back stilted language that doesn't match your tone. And there are a lot of people, and we can talk about this, who believe they can train ChatGPT to write in their tone. I have found that to be a failed waste of time.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I've, I think I sent you a podcast on how to train it to you know, reflect your voice. I've not done that level of work. But I've also understood I understand that it's supposed to remember all the things it's been talking with you about so sooner or later it should figure me out right but exactly what you said it talks chat GPT in particular to me sounds robotic a lot of times. And I I, you know, I was telling, we were talking before we started recording. I end up yelling at it a lot. You know? <laughs> well, that's, you bring both, your issues to Chat GPT. I, I'm taking them all out on Chat GPT because I'm both yelling verbally and also typing uh, loudly. Oh, um, caps.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm like,
1: stop using the words unleash and unlock. I mean, it, it, 100% of the time when I put something in, it'll be like, I'll be like, Generate five titles for the following blog posts. Unleash your potential, unlock your goodness. And I'm like, give me five more without using the words unleash and unlock. And it'll be like, unleashing your potential. I'm like who uses this word?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, those those are your issues. I don't ever have any of these issues. And you know, you bring up an interesting point that ChatGPT is supposed to learn and remember, but it only learns and remembers within the query that you put forth. So if you ask it a question like, "Can you generate five email titles for me?" and then you give it feedback and you regenerate, it's not like you can ask another question and it remembers that interaction. It remembers it only within that as I understand it, in my experience only within that specific query. So the idea of teaching chat GPT, I think is, is like the Holy grail. You want to do that, but it takes a lot of work. And once you do it within one conversation, if you start a new conversation, like if I'm like, I want to write a blog post about cats, it's not going to remember the query that I just did about email titles. So that's how I understand chat GPT and even bard to work, but tell me am I am I wrong about that? I
1: think I mean, I start a lot of new chats, yeah, when I'm like headed in a different direction, I always hit click click on the new chat, but and I'm getting better at staying in a thread, like, okay, putting in the transcript for my podcast interviews, for example, which I thought by paying for it, I'd be able to put in the whole transcript and I can't no, it's ready.
0: it's rate or word limited. It's still like
1: forty, five hundred words or less yeah, or something like yeah. that. But I'll put in like half and I'll say, generate the takeaways or a title for this and then i'll stay in that while i get to you know help me write you know show notes etc um where before i was starting a new chat every time so I, i have learned that to stay stay kind of with it but well, what I'd like, I told you yesterday, I so said, why don't we come with like five ways that we're using it and see if we're, you know, I can discover some more things, learn from you, be influenced by you on how you're using it. And and maybe I can share something that either you haven't done yet or that our listeners haven't done yet. And we'll all continue on this learning journey. I mean, I am very grateful because I think it is helping me to be much more prolific in terms of content generation because i'm not stuck once i write something which is like birthing a baby for me anyway it takes forever i think it's good but then to share that out to multiple platforms and to you know put some short form content around that again to create titles for things etc it's been invaluable and i think i was paying for you know copywriting uh project management help um You know, for about a year or so, love the person and and we'll work with them again. But it's replaced a lot of what that person was doing for me. So, and I can have it done right then and I don't have to wait for it to come back, et cetera. So, how about four or five ways that you're using it? How's Lori Rudin approaching it?
0: I thought we were friends. Why are you giving me homework? Right. Because you You give me
1: homework all (laughs) of the time. (laughs) Uh, I would like, like to give it to you.
0: Once. Personal journey homework. We're using the journey word yeah. again. Um, Let well, me
1: remind right. me of your last text to me. Sorry for giving you homework, but it's only two things. <laughs> <laughs> <I
0: know. laughs> it's like, uh, what is it? Doctor, heal thyself, you know? Or, okay. All right. So uh, one of the things I do use ChatGPT for, and I, I have to say, I don't like Bard. I don't like Bard. Bard's not my, it's almost like. Were you a Twitter person or a Facebook person back in the day when, you know, that delineation was made before it all became garbage, right? I was a Twitter person. And so I am a chat GPT person. I'm also paying 20 bucks a month to use it. And I definitely use it for email, both personal Professional and list driven. So, personal, I will use it if I've written this long screed to someone, uh, maybe even my family, right? Where I'm like, these are all the things that's wrong with you, right? You know, but hey, are we getting together on the 25th? I asked ChatGPT to edit this and refine it for clarity and sometimes for logic and flow. And it is actually very helpful for personal emails to just kind of get to the point because nobody wants to read a thousand words from me via email, you know, but they may read. 150 or 200 words. Even that sounds like a lot. (laughs) So personal emails, it's very helpful to make sure you're saying what you need to say and not infusing a lot of like, uh, history and generational trauma. I also use it for professional emails.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's it's the title of this podcast, remove your generational trauma through AI.
0: (laughs) (laughs) My sister doesn't need to hear all of her faults again. You know, But professionally, I use it when I'm reaching out to people or responding to people to make sure that I'm professional and clear and just easy on the eyes. You know, nobody uh, wants to read a long email message at five o'clock at night. So I'm really trying to use that to be respectful in my professional communication. And then also for my email newsletter, I will use it both to create titles, but also to refine the content that I'm putting in there. So whether it's like a block for me where I'm writing just an update or writing about my podcast, I use it again, just to be respectful of people's time. So I don't um, over-engineer my prompts, by the way, like this is something you and I have talked about a lot. Like I don't tell Ch- Chat GPT as a copywriter using 12th grade reading levels, blah, 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 because I actually asked GPT, how do I, best communicate with you? How do I best prompt you? And it basically told me to get out of the way. That sometimes by getting too wordy with the prompts, we actually confuse it and we actually direct it in a way that we don't mean to do so. So the best way to use chat GPT is to let it do what it's going to do and then ask for refinements once I get the first result. So I will say, you know, acting as an editor or hoping to enhance the logic and the flow, please edit this. But then I leave it alone, and ChatGPT generally knows what it needs to do. So I I give you that. That's my email strategy. What do you think about that?
1: Well, I think I maybe that's why ChatGPT and I are in such a contentious relationship because I'm telling it a lot of what to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm like, why are you trying to tell an AI that's infinitely smarter than us what to do?
1: It's so funny. Like earlier this week, like you said, I I use it because I always feature one of my blog posts in my newsletter, with email newsletter every week, and. As I said earlier, now, so that would be, I need to now take this piece of content that I wrote with my blood, sweat, and tears and summarize that to get people to want to read it. And so, you know, I'll kind of start with the AI tools to do that. But this week I wrote, you know, I start with, as you said, acting as an award-winning copywriter for a popular <laughs> weekly email newsletter sent to business executives and human resources leaders in 350 words or less summarized following blog post without including the bullets that are in it as well as or the numbered list. And so I've, I'm trying to get it not to do the things that it's done. You, do,
0: you know what you should ask it to do? Say, turn this into narrative form.
1: So then I end up doing a lot of what you said. Then it'll spit back and it almost always will bullet out whatever the, if it's a five, do these five things. So then I start saying, write in paragraph form. And and we, we start communicating at that point. But it was so funny this week, it came back. And because I had said, you know, an email newsletter, a popular leadership email newsletter sent to business executives and human resources. It came back and it said, dear business executives and human yeah. resources.
0: <laughs> You're getting in your own way. Getting so in then, your own way.
1: So then again, I assert the frustration begins and I I reply back and I said, regenerate and write in a more common language. It <laughs> came back and he said, hey, folks.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See, this, <laughs> this is the complexity of chat, GPT, and AI, generative AI, just in general. Unless you are an award-winning prompt engineer who's been doing this and has gone to school for this and studies this we're just going to get in the way, right? We're going to confuse it. So unless you have that kind of background where you've studied this, you practice this, you do this for a living. It's almost like, let the tech do the tech. You know, for years, I was like, I don't need GPS. I'm going to figure out where I'm going. Right. And then GPS, I would use it and it would give me a route. And I'd be like, I don't like this route. I'm going to take my route. Why am I fighting the technology that I'm actively involved in? You know, now I just, Turn on Apple CarPlay. Ask it to, you know, send me to wherever, and I follow it letter of the law because I am getting in the way of technology actually providing a service for me. I'm not smarter than the tech, and I'm okay with that. So
1: I think that's a good point because I I need to do better at that because I'm I am trying to engineer it in a certain direction, and then we've literally to get the summary for my newsletter this week. I probably spent an hour hour and a half between Bard and ChatGPT fighting with both of them. And then I ultimately got something from both of them that I sort of could work with. I put those two things into a Word document and I ultimately ended up writing my own version. It's what I do anyway. Ended up writing my own version. I probably didn't use a full paragraph from either one of them, but maybe that's what I need because I do need to kind of like have something to start with. But I, I would love for it to just get narrative form. I'm going to try you're, that.
0: Y- yes, and you're you're... <laughs> trying to be both a creator and an, uh, you're asking it to be both a creator and an editor. And I'm like, pick a lane, you know? So for, for me, I have a theory though, that, uh, especially around corporate drinker that, you know, alcohol is alcohol and we all are predisposed to engage in alcohol, how we do, but we also bring our own issues and our drama to the bottle, right? So at work, if somebody gives you a beer, it's not a beer. You're bringing all, again, all that generational trauma, right? All of that experience to the bottle and your employer can't really do anything about that. Chat GPT can't do anything about this, Jennifer, you know, you're bringing all of this craziness to this platform and it's like, I'm doing the best I can.
1: (laughs) That's that's probably what it's going to tell me next time I start one of these like sessions because I like finish like two and a half hours later. I'm like, okay, I finally got my newsletter done. Thanks, technology. <laughs>
0: it's just doing the best I can, Jennifer, with what you bring Next to Next time it. it's going to be like,
1: I'm sorry, I'm doing the best I can. But you brought up a good point. And I'd, I had not gotten there yet. I was using it a lot for... T- titles and again it comes back with unleash unlock and so that's why I end up I use both I try bard and chat I I was in love with bard in the beginning and I do like it for certain things but it is not as good as and they are different models I remember watching on 60 minutes they're not they're not meant to do the same things but I will put in both and you know come to a title again kind of take a word from one and take a word so I'm still creating it I like I believe But they are giving me stuff to work with, but I had not thought of using it as you said, um, I had someone that uh, was on my podcast that I love and I after we stopped recording I said you need to know this person Do, do you have you ever met them the two of you should connect. And they said, I would love an introduction to that person. Well, the rules of introductions, we all know, or you're supposed to ask the person that you're going to introduce them to first.
0: There are no rules, Jennifer. Be
1: There's ungovernable. rules. <laughs> ungovernable,
0: ungovernable.
1: <laughs> you know, you hate it as well as I do. You get an email from somebody who says, hey, I thought the two of you should know each other. Oh, I'm going to be goodness. out. You take it from here. And you're like, you just gave me homework.
0: Yeah, and um, I just either ignore it or do it. I don't bring a lot well, to this. Yeah, I so. bring a
1: lot of generational trauma. Yeah. people blazing, I guess. <laughs> So anyway, I wanted these two people to connect. And so in that conversation, I said, I'm going to introduce you to. And of course, I had not asked permission from the others. So when I sat down to write this email introduction, which I already know I'm committing a faux pas, I start out with, Oh, you're a lovely human. I think you're wonderful. I love the work you're doing. It's great. I do this. I do. And I thought you should, you know. So I like tried to set up and in this person's good graces. And I read the email and I'm like, there's a lot of words in that. So I went to Bard and I did what you said. I said, edit this email for clarity and brevity. And it came back with, again, using my words, a thousand times better email. And basically, what I like about Bard is it explains what it does. And so like it said, I took the whole first paragraph out because it was irrelevant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's judging you.
1: <laughs> I was like, thanks, Bard. But then I sent that introduction and the person that I was introducing replied back and said, this is the best introduction email I have ever read. And I was like, oh, thanks technology, because mine was not nearly there. But I was like, this this is the magic of it. I wrote something. I need an editor, which I might pay someone to do or a proofreader or copywriter to make my words better. And this tool is helping me to get there. That is where I'm seeing a lot of the magic with as I said I have this nine hundred word blog post that I want to summarize in my weekly email or I want to share it on LinkedIn. Help me kind of get that in a smaller amount. One thing as a speaker, a lot of times, you know, I have a professional speaker bio that's a whole page long because you got to have all your accomplishments and you've you've done all these things. I don't know. That's what the rules said way back when. It's probably different now, but a lot of times, probably seventy five percent of the times, they want to include your a bio in the program brochure or on the website and they will send you something and you say, give us a bio in 150 words or less. So here goes Jennifer with her 450 word bio. Now trying to figure out what little darlings she wants to cut. And that's always been hard. So this week I was like, I needed 150 word bio. I just put my bio in. I said, put this into 150 words or less. My thing, and again, we were talking before we started recording, it does, it, it'll be like 180 words, but I could, I get closer, I guess. Now, I've learned when I wanted to do a tweet, instead of saying in 240 characters or less, I'll say 220 because then it might give me 240.
0: Oh, <laughs> that's a good little hack right there. I like it. I like it.
1: So I'm, I'm figuring out that it can help me, as you said, with brevity and clarity.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, you know, we talked a little bit about kind of my next point and we've given some good tips that I do use it to edit beyond emails. So whether it's a tweet, I don't tweet anymore because of Elon Musk, but whether it's a LinkedIn post, right. Or even um, just a general paragraph that I need to put out in the world somewhere. I use this to rigorously edit, but I've also recommended that people put their resume in chat GPT to edit that as well. And you may not get something perfect back, but you may get a different perspective that brings you clarity on who you are and what you do. So um, I use that with my girlfriend, April, who was using like all kinds of old terms for her work, like HR generalist and administer and blah, blah, blah. And ChatGPT actually gave her back something a little bit more robust that made her see herself differently and actually help her kind of deal with some of the imposter syndrome that she was feeling. So editing in ChatGPT or BARD to your point around you know email or whatever is like a really good technique. So if you're out on the job market, Stick your resume in there and see what you get back, just like you did with your bio.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, it's maybe that's it. It's my it's my copywriter. It's my full time copywriter right now, because that's where I'm using it the most. I've yet to use it for help me write a blog post on this topic, which, again, I think for idea generation can be helpful as long as I still feel pretty strongly that you should take that and then kind of put it in your own words. I have yet to get something back from chat, chat or Bard that I would publish, you know, Oh, this is perfect word for word because it never sounds like me, but I am pleased after I've again spent some time massaging it, that this does sound like me and it's better than what I would have written. Cause I, you know, I, I'm sure you might think, since you're my friend and all that, I can tell a lot of stories and get a little wordy. So, <laughs> no, no, not you, Jennifer. <laughs> so, I am finding this helpful to get me to be more succinct uh, with my communications. I think I'm, a, I said, I think I'm a good writer, a good communicator, but I can be better as anyone can. I remember I wrote for a client last year. I worked with them and one of the things that I was supposed to do was to write a blog post and they sent me some of their research and I wrote what I thought was a really good blog post and they have a full-time editor on their staff. And she took it and sent it back to me and it was like, again, a thousand times better. She had made good points about, we should you know, bullet point this or highlight that, or this should probably be taken out because it's been covered earlier and here's a suggested title. And I was like, I need an editor, this is amazing. So it's kind of what I have, except I fight with my (laughs) (laughs) attitude.
0: Well, you know, the best lesson I've ever had in my life professionally is that you can't do it alone and that you can always add another voice, another perspective to it, and it will enhance and improve. And I learned that from my friend, Vadim Lieberman, who used to be my boss at the conference board. And I didn't just write a column. I also learned how to ghost write there. And so he would have me, you know, pop in, write a sidebar. And I'm like, I can't, I don't know how to do it. This draft sucks. And he's like, of course it sucks. Like, let me take a look at it. This is my job, you know? And it was really a lesson in trusting and also a lesson in collaboration that I hadn't necessarily had professionally. So Vadim taught me that, and now I'd like to think that ChatGPT is my Vadim Lieberman, but it's not at all. <laughs> you know, Vadim is still excellent at what he does, and he will always be my editor for everything I ever write.
1: So I can't afford I, Vadim, though. But
0: you, I heard wait, someone you,
1: yesterday say they named Chat. They they gave ChatGPT a name, and maybe I should name mine Vadim.
0: <laughs> you could you could afford Vadim. He works cheap. Trust me. <laughs> all right. So I do want to share my third and final tip for you. My third and final tip is that I do use ChatGPT to sometimes get me started in this way. Like I have asked it to get me started on creating a list of topics for my podcast, Corporate Drinker. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to launch this podcast called Corporate Drinker, right? Get me started. What are some topics that I could cover? And it gave me a list of like, drink it at work, culture, blah, blah, blah. Very good ideas. And from there, I could say, all right, who do I know that could meet this? And I've also gone beyond that list at this point. But for me, it was a really good way to just kind of think about how would I structure this? How would I think about this? Get me started. And again, it's not like I'm like, get me started on my book, you know, get me started on this, get me started on that. But just an idea generation tool. It's very helpful that way. Have you used it that way?
1: I haven't, other than that one session that I had to do on the interactive session where I was kind of like blanking on, okay, I'm already covering this at the opening of the conference. What else should I talk about? But I think the flip side of that, that you mentioned earlier as well, when you have maybe generated a list or you've written something and you say, what am I missing?
0: Yeah. Uh, that's which exactly is how right. the
1: person told me they were writing their book proposal. I put in my 700 words and I said, what else should I be talking about? I think, yeah, to help expand your creativity. Um,
0: wait, wait. That's but I what think these that's... tools are for. I think that's a little different because um, putting something in there and saying, okay, expand this is, I mean, maybe it's not different. Maybe I'm just playing semantics here, but uh, it gives you back then a narrative, right? That you can edit and it may not be your original idea. And so for me, I, it was like, as if I was having a conversation with you, like, what do you think? Get me started. Like, what do you, what could we see covered on Corporate Drinker. And from there, I really did the work with it. And I think what happens with a lot of people who are not good writers, as your example indicated, the guy is not a natural writer, right? He only had 700 words. To expand this, I don't know, seems a little bit disingenuous. Again, these are... I'm bringing my fake rules to all of this as well, you know. Yes,
1: I have fake rules for everyone about. That's why we're doing this podcast. Our rules are That's right.
0: That's right. Are <laughs> that's right. And so for me, I wouldn't be comfortable saying expand this, you know, but I am comfortable in saying like just just get me started, you know, like on these topics. So that's how I used it in that way, and I think it could be helpful for example in You're, you've got a son who had a baby, right? For a wedding shower, you've got this beautiful grandson, right? So for a wedding shower or baby shower, like get me started on some ideas for games, get me started on some ideas for food, for a menu, right? You know, that kind of get me started to get me going to think about this quote unquote experience as chat GPT likes to use that word, right? You know, on this experience can be very helpful, but again, it's about getting you started so you can do the work, not doing the work and going okay, help me, help me fill this out for my editor. You know, like your editor is not going to know that some bot basically wrote that. So I don't know. That's what I bring to this conversation, editing and getting me started.
1: And I think we're all using it similarly on one of the news shows when it first came out, you know, early days of the technologies, they actually had it generate, I believe an itinerary for Rome. Me visiting Rome for two days, give me an itinerary. And the problem was that like gave, it didn't consider time. Like It gave him like 24 hours a day to do so it didn't yeah it's like visit the coliseum at 1 p.m on tuesday and that's like the busiest time so it wasn't you know it gave them an itinerary again they followed it to the letter because they were doing it for the you know the purpose of the program but yeah i mean that's where humans are still needed i think that's where we can end up we, we are still needed these tools can be helpful they can enhance they can give you an itinerary but you're still going to have to say that's probably not the best time to go but i hadn't thought about visiting the coliseum in rome so yeah yeah well
0: believe me jennifer you you and I, next time we're traveling together, we're going to go to the Coliseum. I love it.
1: Right. I haven't been. Let's do it. Yeah.
0: Oh, so many cats. It's awesome.
1: Right. And next time we'll record in the evening <laughs> and bring some, some festive beverages. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I would like that. I would absolutely love a Mai Tai right now. Unfortunately, I got to go.
1: All right. Well, busy, busy lady, Laurie Rudiman here. Thanks for joining me today and sharing your ideas about how we can use these tools to be more creative and better at what we do.
0: I'm pleased to do it. Thank you. It's time for you to get noticed, create change, and grow your influence. Don't waste any time. Subscribe to this podcast and help us get the word out by leaving a review.